Welcome to this week's edition of the Road Less Travelled Podcast. Nikki Shea back in the seat with you this week. Thanks so much for your company. We appreciate it. And as always, you can interact by dropping me a SMS or a phone call, 042-752-8467, dropping us an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au, and you can also follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and of course, all the information of what we're all about is on our website, which is fatcatmedia.com. .com.au. Warm welcome to you. Trust that you're enjoying the series and as I always say, if you want to interact with us, please do so. If you've got upcoming trips, you've just done a trip and you've got something you want to impart, please drop us a line. We'd have love to have a chat. And if you're listening to us through Radio Bayside each week, thanks so much for your company. We'd love to grab your feedback too from the Bayside cities of Mordialic in Melbourne. So drop us a line, fatcat at iinet.net.io. And a big thanks to Artie Stevens and the team down there for looking out for us and uh, for bringing this podcast to their audience as well. We really appreciate it. This week, though, I thought that we head up right up to the north coast of Australia and in particular to Townsville. It's a great little trip that we've done previously and I thought it would be a good opportunity to revisit that one um, as you sort of, I guess, from the right to, from the tips of the uh, Great Barrier Reef, we head inland this week. So I guess before we start off, my question to you is, have you been to Townsville? So if you've been to Brisbane in Queensland, or if you haven't, make sure that you put that on the old bucket list. And if you are a Queensland native, you will know all about this area. So from Brisbane, we head north. You can do it up via the coast, up through uh, like Caloundra, Gympie, uh, Hervey Bay, Bundaberg, Gladstone to Rockhampton, then up to uh, Mackay, um, and then keep following the coast and following the Great uh, Barrier Reef right up to Townsville. And Townsville, a terrific little place, um, much, I guess, from the World Heritage List of Great Barrier Reef and the pristine beaches of Townsville, we head to the rugged rocky outcrops in the red sand of northwest Queensland. And as I said, the Overlanders Way will take you through towns rich with history. Also, dinosaur discoveries and some of the world's quirkiest events all without having to leave the bitumen. You can follow the footsteps of Australia's droving heroes who led thousands of cattle from the Northern Territory across Queensland to coastal markets and discover the unspoilt beauty of outback Queensland. The trip, well, as I said, is start in Townsville and it is now a city. City of Townsville is rich in things to see and do, so take at least a day or two to explore the vibrant coast hub. You can also take a trip out to various tourist attractions, but of course it wouldn't be complete without visiting and taking a trip out to the Great Barrier Reef where you can dive or snorkel with colourful fish, giant turtles and a forest of bright coral. You can also visit the Reef HQ Aquarium where you can experience the world's largest coral reef aquarium and then also visit the Turtle Hospital. You can learn about HMS uh, Pandora which sank on the Great Barrier Reef at the Museum of Tropical Queensland. You can see local wildlife at Billabong Sanctuary or try fresh regional produce at the North Shore Farmers Market. The Strand runs along the beach and offers many dining, cafe and bar options. And a short ride away is Magnetic Island. It's home to a colony of koalas and comes alive with young energetic locals and visitors from around the world for a monthly full moon party. So from Townsville you head westward and you head towards west towards obviously Charters Towers. Call in at Ravenswood to see magnificent 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 restored buildings and mining remnants such as mullock heaps, old shafts and chimney stacks. Then you continue on to Charters Towers, which is a beautifully preserved part of North Queensland's history, all on the bitumen as well. 
So for the itinerary, we sort of did day one of Townsville to Charters Towers, which is about an hour and a half uh, travelling time, 137 kilometres, so it's easy to do. And as I mentioned, those highlights in Townsville, the Great Barrier Reef, um, the Reef HQ, um, Great Barrier Reef Aquarium, uh, Magnetic Island as well. Day two onto Charters Towers, uh, 248Ks. We decided to do the following day, but let's talk about Charters Towers, which is a beautifully preserved part of Townsville's history too. A gold mining town that was once the largest city in Queensland after Brisbane. During the Gold Rush town, it boasted 65 hotels and 29 crushing mills, and it's really easy to see how bustling it would have been with its wide, open streets and its grand architecture. The prosperity of this era can be seen in the beautifully preserved city centre, which is known as One Square Mile. The quirky stories and legends of the Gold Rush are brought to life each night on the Ghosts of Gold Heritage Trail held each night at Charters Towers. And during your time in Charters Towers, make a pit stop at Leighton Park to visit Texas Longhorn Wagon Tours and Safari and the Bethel Saddlery. Queensland's last bushranger was laid to rest at Charters Tower Cemetery where you'll find the graves as other notable people including Juniper Mosman, whose namesake is now a casino, the Aboriginal boy who helped discover gold at Charters Towers. Now, the last bushranger in Queensland was James Kenneth or Kenneth. Now, Charters Towers, of that beautiful outback town southwest of Townsville, it was once a thriving hub due to the large deposits of gold, which is the which at that time the second largest city outside of Brisbane. As the gold dried up, mining became uneconomic, and Charters Towers' population slowly declined, but the stunning old buildings and ghosts remain. On the outskirts of Charters Towers sits what the locals call the Old Cemetery. The Lind Highway Cemetery was established in 1895. It's a pretty bleak, barren and dead flat cemetery, bordered by a well-maintained cast-iron perimeter fence and a charming front gate. It's the last resting place for a number of interesting locals, uh, including, as I mentioned, Jupiter Moss, and also to Dr Leonard Redmond, who discovered Australia's dengue fever, Patrick Pfeiffer, owner of the Rich Day Dawn PC Mine, and James Kenneth, who was the last bushranger in Queensland. Now, James and his older brother Patrick were expert horsemen who were made a living from horse stealing, a very serious crime. They were both wanted in connection to the theft of a horse. A police constable, Aboriginal tracker and station master pursued the brothers for several days through hard mountainous country in western Queensland. Surprisingly, Patrick and his brother James, they managed to overpower and arrest them both. As the tracker was sent to get handcuffs from the constable's pack horse, gunshots rang out and the tracker ran for his life. A later search found the constable's horse wandering through the scrub and the burnt remains of the constable and station master. The brothers were tracked down again and following a shootout, both were captured and tried for murder. Throughout the trial, Patrick maintains his innocence and was denied the right to appeal to the Privy Council in London by the judge Samuel Griffith. Though there was a public shock and outcry, the Queensland government at the time seemed to be determined to see him hang. Patrick was sent to the gallows at Boggo Road Jail, protesting his innocence to the very last. His final chilling words were saved for one man, the Chief Justice, now Sir Samuel Griffith. He said, I am as innocent as the judge who sentenced me. James's life was spared, but he was sentenced to life imprisonment with hard labour. Being released in 1914, he refused visitors and lived out his life alone. Some say he was the one who pulled the trigger, but he took the secret to his grave in Charters Towers. So that is the last bushranger in Queensland, James Kenneth, or Kenneth as also known. And you might know the, um, well, I think it's Channel 9 used to be on 60 Minutes and um, A Current Affair, Mike Munro. He did a recent um, 
series called Lawless on Foxtel about uh, bush rangers, in particular the Kenneth or Kenneth family featured, and he is a uh, great. I think he's a great nephew of the Kneef family. So uh, just a little bit of side information. that You never know, you might get that at a quiz night one night, and there you go. Now, the Ghosts of Gold Heritage Trail is at the Charters Towers Post Office in the corner of Bow Street and Gill Street. You can take the Charters Towers Ghosts of Gold Gold Ghost Tour for an after-dark tour of the city. Hear the spookiest stories of the region on this walking tour, which also showcases the historic Stock Exchange Arcade, the World Theatre and the Royal Hotel. The Texas Longhorn Wagon Tours and Safari is home to the largest herd of purebred Texas Longhorn cattle in Australia. You can pop in for a wagon ride around the 110,000 acre cattle station. That's 110,000 acre. And don't miss glancing JR, who the steer with the record for the longest horns in the world. The Towers Hill Lookout sits 420 metres above sea level and this lookout offers panoramic views across and over Charters Towers and Towers Hill is a significant historical landmark to the region too. It's the first spot a prospecting party which included that Aboriginal boy named Jupiter first discovered at gold in December 1871. At the base of Towers Hill there's a monument identifying the location of the first site of gold. So from Charters Towers uh, onwards, it's day three, which was Huenden to Richmond, a kilometre, a kilometer, an hour and about an hour and a quarter, 115 kilometres. The highlight for us was Porcupine Gorge National Park. Now, if you step further back in time to the era of dinosaurs at Huenden, along the way, stop at Borough Range or Mount Walker lookouts for uninterrupted views of the densely wooded Buffalo country. Huenden is the heart of dinosaur country, which in prehistoric times sat on the shoreline of the Great Inland Sea. Nearly 3,000, that's 3,000, dinosaur and marine fossils have been found in the surrounding countryside. To get a really true idea of the beasts that roam these lands, check out the life-size replica of the first entire dinosaur skeleton found in Australia. It is on display at the Flinders Discovery Centre. Now, Porcupine Gorge, it's known locally as Australia's Little Grand Canyon. It does not disappoint. It's just one of many national parks in the Flinders region. Porcupine Gorge is made up of towering sandstone cliffs that have been carved into the landscape over time simply by the erosion of the surrounding creek, uh, creating its really beautiful colour. Now, the Flinders Discovery Centre you can find at 37 Grey Street in Huendon, and a visit to Huendon is not complete without visiting this Discovery Centre and Museum. The museum houses an extensive display of fossils from around the world, including ones that have been found in the local area. There's Huey, who is the life-size replica Matabatosaurus that stands at over 7 metres tall and was recreated by the original bones discovered in the area. Porcupine Gorge, it's located 63 kilometres north of town. It's a wildlife watcher and hiking enthusiast dream with its towering sandstone cliffs and sedimentary rocks that are millions and millions of years old. Each June, the Porcupine Gorge Challenge takes place, which is an 8k run or a 5k walk through the actual Porcupine Gorge National Park. Day four for us was Richmond to Julia Creek, a distance of about 150 kilometres and just over an hour and a half. The highlight was Chronosaurus Corner. You can venture underwater into the prehistoric inland sea to Richmond, the fossil capital of Australia, which I did not know. In Richmond, explore the collection of marine reptile fossils at the award-winning Chronosaurus Corner. The museum is home to over 1,150 fossil specimens unique to Richmond, and you can also go and try to find one for yourself in the fossil hunting site. 
You can explore the bush tucker gardens on the banks of the Lake Fred Triton where you will find local native plants labelled with their traditional purposes. It's awesome. The lake too has sandy beaches, a boat ramp, free barbecues and a playground, making it a really ideal place to relax, swim and fish for barramundi or red claw. Chronosaurus Corner is um, at Goldring Street in Richmond. You can experience Australia's premier marine fossil museum at this Chronosaurus Corner. Also visit Penny, the Richmond plesiosaur, Australia's best vertebrate fossil. And Chronosaurus, I think it's called Queensland Dickius, is a 10-metre giant marine reptile. And there you can also see Wanda, which is Australia's largest fossilised fish. And if you're keen to get amongst the action, you can see fossil preparation area up close. You can also grab a map and get fossicking for your own find at one of the free designated sites. I really recommend it. It opens up a whole new, um, well, just read, I guess, takes you back to when you were a kid learning about dinosaurs at school. It's fantastic. Now, picturesque Lake Fred Triton is located a short distance from central Richmond. It's a water lover's paradise with activities, as I mentioned earlier, also including swimming, skiing, canoeing, fishing, and a kid's water park there too. Free barbecues are available, so don't forget to pack the rod and reel as there are 18 species of fish found in this lake. Next, we'll talk about Julia Creek to Cloncurry. We'll take a short break here on the Road Less Travelled podcast and be back with more in just a moment. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travelled podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the Road Less Travelled podcast and don't forget to please give us a share, review or like and I'll let your mates know that you're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast. Day five of our adventures on the Overlanders Way in Queensland. It was Julia Creek to Cloncurry, which is a distance just over an hour and a half or 140 k's. The highlight though was the Julia Creek Dirt and Dust Festival. You head further west to Julia Creek for a spectacular outback sunset and a chance to gaze at a thick blanket of stars that just cover the night sky. The Julia Creek Dunart is a tiny endangered little marsupial who lives at a special nocturnal viewing area at the Visitor Information Interpretive Centre at the creek it's called. You can learn how the great artesian basins sustain life in the outback, have a picnic on the moon rock chairs and tables or go underground to explore the geological features that shape the region. You can take a walk through the township and discover the historical tales of this small town and visit the remains of a World War II directional finding installation now near the airport. Each April, the town population swells to about 3,000 for the annual Dirt and Dust Festival. This program includes a triathlon, horse racing, bull ride and outback novelty events such as mud snorkeling races. It's a cracker. Now, at the creek is the visitor centre. And it's a must-do when visiting Julia Creek. It's much more than just a visitor centre, though, with audio and visual displays showcasing the country and people of Julia Creek, including a really virtual reality cattle muster experience, which is cracking. The centre is built from recycled materials sourced from local railway fetless cottages. And beneath the creek is a hands-on interactive journey where you can, I guess, learn more about the Julia Creek Dunart, which is native to the area and it is currently endangered. 
as I sp- spoke to just before, the Julia Creek Dirt and Dust Festival each April. Uh, it's a celebration, I guess, to let you know of live music, the country's toughest triathlon, the bog snorkeling, horse racing, PBR bull riding, and Australia's best butt competition. Let's not even go there. Let's move on to day six, Cloncurry to Mount Isa, a distance of about 121 k's or an hour and 20 minutes. And again, all done on bitumen roads too. The highlight is the John Flynn Place Museum and Art Gallery. Along the Overlander's Way to Cloncurry, it's the birthplace of the Royal Flying Doctor Service, which is, of course, integral to outback survival today, as it was when it was serviced when it serviced these remote outposts of Australia's vast inland, when the Reverend John Flynn launched the Flying Medical Service back in the 1920s. You can learn how he harnessed the emerging technology of the pedal radio to pioneer outback radio communication. And when you visit the John Flynn Place Museum and Art Gallery, it's just a, a step back in time. And also, I must say, on the theme of aviation, you can visit the original Qantas hangar where the very first passengers flew from Longreach to Cloncurry back in 1922. Other air, uh, for I guess other history buffs, buffs like myself, Cloncurry was named by explorer Robert O'Hara Burke, and you can see his drink bottle at the Burke and Wills display in the Cloncurry Unearthed Museum at the Mary Kathleen Memorial Park, where you can also learn about the former Mary Kathleen uranium mine. Other attractions include the Cloncurry Cemetery with graves dating back to the 1880s, the courthouse built in 1898 and Chinaman Creek Dam where you can swim, picnic and take in the outback sunset. From from Cloncurry, the Overlander's Way winds through the spectacular Selwyn Ranges to Mount Isa. Highlights for Cloncurry, as I said, John Flynn Place Museum and Art Gallery. It's in King Street, uh, on the corner of King Street and Daintree Street in Cloncurry, where you can visit the museum to learn about the history of the beginnings of the Royal Flying Doctor Service in the region and how John Flynn created this vital service for outback communities. The Mary Kathleen Memorial Park and Museum. Here you'll find the museum located in the Cloncurry Unearthed Museum which houses memorabilia and photographs from the abandoned Mary Kathleen uranium mine in Township. There is a display on explorers Burke and Wills, including, as I mentioned, his abandoned water bottle. And Australia's most comprehensive gem and mineral collection is also on display, as well as an outdoor machinery display too. So day seven was Mount Isa to Kamenwea, 192 kilometres, just over two hours. The highlight was the Riverleaf Fossil Centre. Now, Mount Isa is outback Queensland only city and offers a melting pot of, well, a mixture of culture, industry, history and nature. The town's major industries are mining and beef production and visitors can experience both at the outback at, at the Isa Visitors Centre, home to the replica Hard Times Mine. You can descend 22 metres underground to feel the earth move with the firing of the drill face and use real mining equipment. Outback at Isa also houses an Outback Park, Art Gallery Museum and the Riversleaf Fossil Centre. You can join the resident paleontologist on a lab tour to see exciting local fossil finds. If you have a day to spend, I really recommend you put this one on the list. Head out to Lake Mundara, 17 kilometres north of Mount Isa. You can explore this expansive body of water. It's perfect for barramundi fishing, water skiing, wakeboarding or swimming. And Lake Mundara is a known oasis in the desert for the residents of Mount Isa. 
Before you leave Mount Isa, call into the School of the Air for a glimpse into classes conducted via satellite internet with students from remote communities and cattle stations. Here you can also see the World War II Underground Hospital, visit the National Trust Tent House, take a surface mine tour and see the inside of the Bureau of Meteorology. The final stop is Camonwell, where you can visit the Drovers Camp to learn about the historic Droving Town or the Camonwell Caves National Park, which is honeycombed with sinkholes dating back 500 million years. That is 500 million years. If you have a few days left and a few days up your sleeve, after your long journey, discover the jewel in the Outback's Crown, Lawn Hill Gorge in Boonjamala National Park. It's only 270, only, but 270 k's from Camonwell. Lawn Hill Gorge boasts some of the region's most incredible waters and the team at Adele's Grove are the most helpful and willing hosts. They even have air-conditioned cabins should you wish to visit in the wet season. Outback at Isa Visitor Centre. It's located in Marion Street. Outback at Isa is more than a visitor centre, offering both tours and experiences. The Hard Times Mine Underground Tour, where you can explore the history of the mining industry. We head 22, oh sorry, 22 kilometres, 22 metres down with your guide, who's been a miner most of his life too. Wearing your overalls and your cap lamp, you get up and close and personal with machinery and equipment such as the air leg drill, and you feel the earth rumble. You can learn about the good times with the hard times of being a real-life miner. The Riversley Fossil Centre. This centre showcases the fossils that have been extracted from the Riversley Fossil Fields, which are nearby. The fields were declared a World Heritage Site in 1994 due to their representation of the evolution of Australia's mammals and are home to the most significant fossil deposits in the world. You can take a guided tour of these finds through the laboratory showing how specimens are sorted and cleaned and fossils are extracted. They do this every day at 10am and 2pm. Outback at Isa also offers the Isa Experience in Outback Park, Mount Isa Regional uh, Art Gallery, the Mount Isa Hatchery Project and the Outback Cafe. The Underground Hospital and Museum was built in 1942 by off-duty miners and was used by civilians in World War II. The hospital consists of three parallel tunnels cut into rock. Uh, while it has been restored, the original furnishings remain the same, including original medical equipment. And as I mentioned, Lake Moondara, located not too far north of the city, popular spot for locals and tourists to visit during the uh, area. Uh, due to the lake's safe and still waters, swimming, boating, sailing, canoeing, all popular activities. And the lake has been stocked with barramundi for excellent fishing and hosts the Lake Moondara Fishing Classic competition each October. This location also offers scenic picnic spots around the, around the lake. They've got plenty of barbecues which are free to use as well. Day 8 was Camonwell and the highlight is the Camonwell Caves National Park. The final stop on the Overlanders Way Drive is Camonwell, the gateway to the Northern Territory. Here you can visit Drover's Camp Museum to learn about the historic Droving Town or the Camonwell Caves National Park which is honeycombed with sinkholes that date back 50, no, 5,500 million years. It's just hard to comprehend, isn't it? So Drover's Camp Museum. It's on Barclay Highway and you can wander through the displays and exhibits of the Drover's Camp Museum to learn about Australia's pastoral history or take a guided tour with one of the friendly volunteers. The museum is open from May to September and the Drover's Camp Festival takes place each August and showcases the people and the history that have made the outback what it is today. There's activities such as the National Bronco Branding Championship, Cabin, Camp Oven Cooking Demonstrations, a street parade and live entertainment. 
the Kemenwil Caves National Park. You can find it um, uh, Kemenwil. I think it's Uradangi Road in Kemenwil. You can relax and refresh at this pleasant stopover on the Barclay Highway. The Caves National Park features caves, obviously, and sinkholes that were formed when water percolating through the 500 million year old layers of soluble dolomite creating caverns that linked by vertical shafts up to 75 metres deep. Nikki, slow down, 75 metres deep. You can take the short 70 metre return walk to the Little Nowrain Cave entrance or the 220 metre return track to the Great Great Nowrain Cave. You need to be aware that these caves are not accessible to visitors, but a viewing area is located in the Great Naranane Cave. And the National Park is a popular spot for mountain or trail bike riding and bird watching as well. Now, as I said earlier on, all this area is accessible by um, Bitchman Road. But you also need to keep in mind when travelling in isolated locations, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're isolated. There's several options for communicating in outback Queensland. It's important to stay in touch if you do happen to head into remote areas. And just like anywhere, the weather conditions can change dramatically. So one minute one minute can be stinking hot, you might get wet season and rains and uh, conditions again will change. So it's important to make sure that uh, mobile coverage, Longreach, Mount Isa, Charleville, Birdsville have coverage from Telstra and Optus networks. Outside these sort of towns, only the Telstra Next G network is available, usually within a 20k radius of towns. There's also limited mobile phone coverage in the far southwest corner of the region. West of Quilpie to Bedowra, public phones are available in all towns and satellite phones are recommended for extended travel in the area. Satellite phones, they connect to orbiting satellites rather than the cell towers on the ground, giving access to communications in areas where there's no mobile coverage. There are a range of options available with varying degrees of performance versus cost, so make sure that you research the best options for your needs and also your travel plans. UHF CB radio is freely available to all Aussies. It does not require a license or registration to use and ensuring you can communicate from your vehicle to other vehicles in close proximity is essential for safety reasons, e.g. to warn oncoming vehicles when visibility may be impaired, uh, Canadian Canadian, uh, navigation such as convoy procedures and calling nearby travellers for help. Handheld or in-car UHF radios are available, although radios have a limited range of about 5 to 20 kilometres and good reception is heavily dependent on terrain. For example, hilly or densely vegetated areas can reduce transmission considerably. Using this type of radio on a high hill or tower can also increase its range. Now, just make sure that you do have backup. Don't just rely on UHF radio. And if you are travelling in these kind of um, isolated locations, make sure that you've got a mobile phone or even better, look at uh, options for satellite phones as well. If you want more information on Outback Queensland, they've got a fantastic website which is called outbackqueensland.com.au and they can help you plan your trip and discover uh, where you want to go and um, there's also the maps of the area, Outback Jobs is oh, Outback jobs available too, accommodation, uh, where to eat. Uh, if you're interested in culture and museums and history and so forth, follow that up too. So they have a great website there, as I mentioned, outbackqueensland.com.au.
www.outbackcoffee.com.au. And when I was talking about traveling in outback areas, make sure that you keep up to date with traffic updates and road closures. And for this particular neck of the woods, it's through the racq.com.au. They have a special website, which is roadconditions.racq.com.au. It'll give you road closures, the current temperatures, um, wherever you're happening to be traveling in Queensland. Certainly worth um, putting that one down. I think they might even have an app available as well. I think most places nowadays have apps too. And also I must mention through some of those national parks in the Overlands Way, you can also get helicopter rides too. Um, check that out. Um, a good way of seeing some of these fantastic sites. And caravanning, of course, a great way to travel as caravans are self-contained. Many of the comforts of home. There's heaps of caravan parks available in all the major towns along the Overlanders Way. And there's also, uh, for the off-road enthusiasts, there's plenty of opportunities to go bush and explore the great open spaces and the, the wild attractions. You can enjoy the variety of national parks. Uh, visit Porcupine Gorge National Park, uh, camp and relax in, in the bush settings and uh, there's a natural billabong with great bird watching at Kuriinya as well. And you can also do the trip on the family sedan too. There's plenty of B&Bs along the way, motels um, and make sure that you try and, and it, I must say summer is the wet season. The days are temperate, the nights are cool, uh, the higher temperatures and the chance of uh, minor localised flooding in summer. If you're planning to travel in summer, make, make plans in case you experience flooding. Uh, camper vans uh, are available to drive along the um, the route as well. There are caravan parks as well, uh, as I mentioned, all along the Overlanders Way. So make sure you check it out. Plan your trip, be prepared and make sure that you enjoy it and check out the road conditions and the weather conditions along the way. That's it for this week's edition of the Road Less Travel Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed a quick trip it was too from the coast of Townsville right into the heart of Queensland on the basically on the Northern Territory border. Head over the Northern Ter- Territory border and you end up just north of Tennant Creek and we'll do that trip on one of our next episodes of the Road Less Travelled Podcast. My name is Nikki Thanks so much for your company. I trust that you've enjoyed our little rip around Queensland. We've got plenty more coming up. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you somewhere on the road less travelled. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. This has been The Road Less Travelled, a podcast about travelling and camping on the road. Written and hosted by me, Nikki Shea, produced by Fat Cat Media. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Even better, please leave a review. Any comments or questions, please email fatcat at iinet.net.au and to be notified on the new episodes, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. We'll be back with a new episode next week.